Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Phelan Johnson. And I'm Leah Simone Bowen. And we look at history a bit differently. Have you ever wondered how hundreds of wild horses came to inhabit an island in the Atlantic Ocean? Or what Lord of the Rings and a small town in Manitoba have in common? Or the burning question, did Canada invent the teen drama? The Secret Life of Canada is a podcast about the country you know and the stories you don't. New episodes available now wherever you get your podcasts. Just climb down, baby. For, for, for capita export value. Libraries. Minister, are you embarrassed by your behavior today? There's a lot of bleeding hearts around. Do you have the fortitude or the gonads to stand up and come across here and say that to me, you son of a bitch? Just watch me. He certainly went too far, Mr. Speaker, when he st- I saw him stick his tongue out. Contemptuous. Disregard. More than a slab of bacon talking here. The disappointment you also feel is my responsibility. I lost my temper. What is the nature of your thoughts? The word was F-A-R-T. You do the intro. Oh, wait. I'll do the intro. Ready. Go. Intro is can you three. Can you add, can you add sound effects and music to this? Like just some if you, low... If it's good. Are you recording right now? Yes. Okay. Yeah, just like a low sort of chill vibe uh, music to this intro. Like really okay. low, sort do of it. like a slow jazz sort of intro. Do it. It's a rainy Thursday afternoon. Jesse sits here at his desk, drinking a buble coconut pineapple bubble. That's right, it's buble bubble. While editing his short film, Reese, having stripped all of his clothes, sits in the corner, rubbing coconut oil on his body and crying to himself. This is another special episode of Canadian Politics is Boring. Welcome. One and all, as the rain 
threatens to pat her down on the window. She is forever. <laughs> Smooth. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi, Jesse. Jesse, I've got a really good speak pipe I want to share with you. We've got a number of... Spe- By the way, okay, so just to get in that, um, we've got... Oh, a- this is Canadian politics is boring. It's a Canadian podcast about Canadian politics, but it's not really... Right. Uh, it's not... Yes, it is. We talk about Canadian politics all the time. But it is, but... You know what it's I mean? Made like ninety percent dick jokes and ten percent educational exactly. material. Actually, so if you're if you're coming here to pipes, learn, one of our speak pipes is a dick joke too. Oh, is it? So okay, hold on. I just want to go to our email while I've got you in here. Yeah, welcome to Canadian Politics is Boring. That is Reese. I am Jesse. I am an apathetic Canadian who really doesn't care about Canadian politics. And Reese really loves Canadian politics or politics in general and thinks it's funny that he's been dragging me, kicking and screaming through the mud for three years, teaching me about my own country's politics. That's but the I'm show, gonna, in case you're new I'm here. going to play a speak pipe so we get voice messages from listeners. So I'm just going to play this one for you. Hey friends, Lexi here. I just listened to your episode about the Prohibition and the Rum Runners, and I wanted to share a family story uh, from the Prohibition. So my great-great-grandfather, I don't know his name other than Captain Randall, uh, he was a rum runner from Nova Scotia who went down to the Caribbean um, regularly with a ship of dynamite. And in return for the dynamite, he would come back with a ship full of rum for the people of Nova Scotia. People wanted rum and people want what the people want and he wasn't going to disappoint them. One time on his way back from the Caribbean, he accidentally entered American waters and was arrested for rum running because obviously it was illegal at the time. And um, nobody knows how it happened or what happened in this time frame. But he ended up being the only rum runner to ever be pardoned of his crime and that he was pardoned by the president of the United States, Mr. Franklin D. Roosevelt. So that's my story. And I wanted to thank you guys for doing the work that you do. That's so cool. Oh, my God. Amazing family story. Number two, I like that she described what we do as work. Right, I know. Thanks, yeah, Lexi. Was, that was, was awesome. Thank you, Lexi. That was such a cool story, and you're a very good storyteller. I should I should mention. Yeah. How no, cool is that? My family has ever been pardoned of their crimes. So Lexi left that on our uh, left that voicemail on our website, CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, um, which is apparently a feature of our website. I didn't even know. Uh, other people have left SpeakPipes. That's a separate website, speakpipe.com slash Canadian Politics is Boring, which is essentially a way to leave an anonymous voicemail. You don't have to leave an email or, I, or anything. And, and actually saying that I've got a SpeakPipe yet, this is a good one. Okay. Two seconds. Hey, guys. My name is Julie. I'm from Pennsylvania in the United States. New listener here. I found you guys through Jordan and the Nighttime Podcast. I am not from Anakinish, but I would love a t-shirt with dicks on it. Thanks. Done. <laughs> welcome, do we have, well, welcome, American listener from Pennsylvania. Do um, we have her address, I, her mailing address? No, but I, I, we don't. But also, I don't have any t-shirts left. I think I have to get some t-shirts printed so we can oh, no. put dicks on them and send them out to people. Well, I do have um, stupid, sexy Trudeau stickers. Uh she wants a t-shirt with dicks drawn on them race we have to give our listeners what they want yeah um t- well, we've got we've got a, a message on one of yours or mine so 
right? Uh, I guess she means like merch, like proper merch. We've got, we've got more. We've got another speak pipe. Really? We do. Well, I didn't. I don't have that turned into a video, so I can't play it on here. God damn it, Reese. <laughs> so, anyway, so yeah. So um, I'm putting little green stars next to the speak pipes that we haven't played for you to notice, and you haven't noticed them. I'm also doing this on our. Okay, so we've done that. Alexi, perfect. We've well, got a we message two, from. Two, two is enough. Two is enough. Two. We'll do them next time. Okay, fine. We'll do them fine. Next time. This is in fine. lieu of an STD zone. So that's fair. All right, that's fair. Yeah, thank you anyway. so much, uh, Julie. It was Julie, right? Uh, thank you so much, uh, Julie, and thank you so much, Lexi. <clears throat> I'm very excited about this topic. I need to. We need to talk about this topic. Okay. So. The title It's is, really raining outside. It's very calming right now. It's, did it's you, super, have you it's, never heard of the rain before? So you're acting rain. like the rain. This is new thing you just came across called the no, rain. No, just, I just like talking about it's it. Like, it's, it's like nice. the sky is having a piss. Oh, 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 I do have a little STD zone. Oh, by the way, if anyone is new here, STD zone stands for the small talk dimension. What's, what's your little STD? I have, a, I have a new toy. It's a keto. This, if anyone's watching on YouTube... This is a ketone uh, measurer tool. It's pretty neat. It connects via Bluetooth to my phone. I blow Do you piss in it. Off? Do you piss on it? Yes, I piss, piss on it, and then I blow on it. So it's a wonderful nice. surprise. Double up. Yeah, that's just a tasty treat. And it measures my ketones and tells me how far I'm into ketosis or not for when I'm doing a uh, ketogenic diet. And that came in the mail, and I've been using it. And uh, so... It's my little SDB. As you can story. tell by my face, I'm thrilled. I'm totally thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Jesse. Anyway, so th this episode. I like sharing is, my toys. <laughs> this episode is called The Government is Not Ready for the Solar Death Storm. Oh, this will be good. Oh, this my is God. A cheery one. Yeah, super cheery. <laughs> so, God damn. I. I don't know if you've noticed, but apparently solar activity is picking up right now. There's a cycle, like a 10-year cycle, roughly, I think, where solar activity like ebbs and flows, and um, which is cool, because that means like northern lights. Solar activity ebbs and flows? I mean, I'm just assuming that everything in nature ebbs and flows. What are you talking about, specifically? So there's a solar cycle where like the sun's activity, like coronal mass ejections and stuff happen, and it's, it's not a euphemism. Okay. <laughs> So, All right. I mean, people have been talking about solar storms destroying the world forever, and it's never once happened, you know, or had any impact as far as I can it, tell. It has happened. It has happened. Destroyed the world. No, it didn't destroy the world, but it disrupted electronics. You know, in a, uh, let me get to it because All right. there was a storm that wiped out electronics before electronics were a major part of our lives. Okay. What? And we're due for another one. Okay. And also, Ooh. Canada is one of the Canada is one of the most at risk countries in the world because of our proximity to the North Pole. <clears throat> Interesting. This, you know, so, what this this reminds me of. Um, so, in high school, just to go on a, a quick rant about something that's not political, but just how we're not ready for something that is due any day nor any day now, which is what would remind me of it. I was in geology class, and I was taught about underground volcanoes on mm. the sea bed floor and how it would split open and lava would come out and because of the pressure and the cold the lava would almost immediately freeze or not freeze but like solidify and then you know hundreds sometimes thousands tens of thousands of years would go by depending somewhere in that range uh and it would 
erupt again. It would crack open in the middle and push the lava apart. Uh, and then new lava will come up and that would solidify. And this would happen over and over again. And so they could go down and they could measure, um, <clears throat> they could take measurements from the different times that the seabed floor opened up and lava came up and solidified. And they could determine uh, how, you know, how often this happened. But what was really interesting is they could find the magnetic um, particles that when the lava was liquid would form themselves and direct themselves towards north and south. Um, and they found that the poles on Earth um, swap. Every, they do, yeah. They swap, like they go from north, north becomes south, yeah. south becomes north, and this happens every, it happened, it was happening every few thousand years sort of thing. Or maybe it was a few hundred. I honestly forget what that is. I'm sorry. I don't know if it was a few hundred, a few thousand, or every 10,000 or 100,000. I don't know. It was a long period of time. And it would just, but what was really interesting is every time this would happen, there would be a period of time where there, the earth would have no magnetism um, or at least erratic magnetism. There would be no direct north, direct south sort of thing. And then it would swap. And what was crazy is that earth hasn't had this happen in so, 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 so long, A, scientists have no idea why, and B, uh, it seems like we're due for it literally any fucking day now, and that would cause pure chaos. <laughs> well, this is the same. This is the same. So, like, I've lived through two things in the last year that made me realize the government isn't ready for anything. <laughs> I've lived through way more than two things to tell me that's true. Yeah, our government (laughs) is so ridiculous. So Michael Byers, he's the the research chair in global politics, international law at the University of British Columbia. Columbia. You know what, I'm I'm, co-director of the Outer Space Institute. I love outer space. I love science. I'm just curious what this has to do with with politics other than our government's not ready for it which is fine if that's what it yeah, is yeah. That's, i'll take that well that's it is that this is like this is something that's terrifying so basically he wrote in this article that at some point perhaps the next year perhaps decades from now the entire sky will turn red as a deluge of high energy particles he's saying in the, the next sun. year could be in the next year could be in a decade um okay. energy, high energy particles from the sun strikes earth's magnetic field and atmosphere and as a result power grids telephones and the internet could be inoperable for months or even years um these really? coronal mass ejections are composed of electrons protons and other particles and are unpredictable in severity time and speed and direction but when their path coincides with the earth's orbital position dramatic things can happen so in 1959 there was something called the carrington event and i don't know if you've have you ever heard of the carrington event carrington carrington event so no, it was so it. powerful that people in Hawaii could see the northern lights. That's fucking cool. Um, and what happened was powerful currents uh, produced kind of um, on conductors at ground level. So what happened is telegraph telegraph operators, and because this is 1859, there wasn't a lot of electrical technology, but people who were operating telegraphs um, received electric shocks through their equipment from it. Oh, wow. And apparently... It like was deadly most, electric shocks or just like... No, little, just like ah. they were zapped. Like, ah, shit. Like that. Okay. Yeah. And then it created an aurora so bright that you could read your newspaper at night in no. most of North America. What? Um, well, and then what about electronics? Like, did electronics stop working, though? As, well, it was 1859. We had, Not many people we had, had electronics. We had, everything was electronic in 1859. <laughs> oh, did you say 18 or 19? Sorry. 
1859. Oh my God. Okay. Sorry. I was, <laughs> I thought you were saying 19, I thought you were saying 1959. I was like, I... edit that out of context, make you sound stupid. Anyway. So, <laughs> Thanks Reese. So in, yeah. in 1921, there was another one, a coronal mass ejection that disrupted train services and also switchboards in Sweden caught on fire. Oh my God. Um, and satellites are at risk too. Well, obviously we rely on satellites for a lot of stuff. Right. Um, so, um, Apparently, it can increase the drag in low orbits. So if a satellite's onboard thrusters aren't powerful enough, they can drag satellites back down to Earth. Oh, wow. Okay. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Phelan Johnson. And I'm Leah Simone Bowen, and we look at history a bit differently. Have you ever wondered how hundreds of wild horses came to inhabit an island in the Atlantic Ocean? Or what Lord of the Rings and a small town in Manitoba have in common? Or the burning question, did Canada invent the teen drama? The Secret Life of Canada is a podcast about the country you know and the stories you don't. New episodes available now wherever you get your podcasts. So subways and electric trains would stop, traffic lights would go dark, electric pumps to like lift the fuel out of the ground and gas stations would stop. This um, all happened in 1920, though. No, this this didn't happen in 1920, but this is the stuff that would happen today. Are we um, sure? Well, yeah. Because this sounds like conspiracy theory talk, if you ask me. It doesn't sound no, like I, science. I, NASA's James Green who was the retired chief scientist, basically said, if this happened, we'd be chopping wood and hunting squirrels. For how long? Or electronics would be shot. Yeah, but we for how long, though? How, how long does it last for? Listen, oh, no, it, the, the repercussions to rebuild society could take years. Years? Hold on, hold on, wait. No, we just have to wait. We don't have to rebuild society. We just have to wait for our electronics to work again. No, they <laughs> like, they might short out and be like everything might be damaged at once all our electronics damaged simultaneously okay <laughs> so I'm trying, to wrap, I'm trying to wrap my head around this so there's an there's a very famous example that happened in in canada so in 19 march the 10th and the 12th in 1989 um a large x-15 class solar flare occurred and it hit the Earth several days later. How long did these uh, flares last for? Um, well, this this lasted roughly two days. A flare that lasts for two days. Well, yeah, it's a giant flare from the sun. They don't so, like. Well, okay, so I'm curious about like these. Did these flares shoot out uh, like an omnidirectional, uh, omnidirectionally, or do they just shoot out in very specific directions? Like, I think they, would... go, they do go out in different directions because they usually miss us. Okay, so if it does hit us. 
Yeah. Uh, it's not like the entire world would be affected. It's just the face of the planet that is facing the sun at that moment. The, the potentially, I guess. Um, okay. The other side of the world. The other side of the world would be. I don't well, know. I don't okay. know. Maybe like partially affected. So okay. So the storm struck and auroras could be seen in texas and florida and because it was the cold war people thought there was a nuclear strike in progress because oh, of the power loss right um and uh, there was a mass communication blackout but quebec was hit really bad so it basically like took out the power grid in quebec wow okay so because because quebec is on a bed of rock largely it prevented the current from flowing through the earth so there wasn't like as much of a power resistant a less resistant path for the power to go through um so there was a massive power outage for for 11 months and that was after the network only went out for like 90 seconds from the flare holy shit so a 90 second um, flare nine months yeah. of repercussions 11 months 11 months yeah holy fuck because um, everything so, was just fried like physically yes. fried yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd have re- they'd have create new electronics from scratch, basically. In theory, yeah. So it was or, just or fix was, the new ones that were okay. That's amazing. Yeah, because it blew everything out. So like, um, and the, and it also it, it caused the Toronto Stock Exchange to stop from trading because of the disruption as well. And those poor so, fuckers. Oh, I know. God. So I know all that money. Think about that money. I do. I do. I cry. I know about that money. Now it's not in my own pocket. Sorry, keep going. And then, and so then, I, I went on the I went on the government website to say like how are they getting ready for it? And they, I don't think they're doing anything. To be fair, of course um, not. Like, and what could you do though? All they're how trying do you, to do. How do you prepare for this shit? I think somebody was saying that if you turned everything off when it hit, it might be okay. So if they were like, we've detected a solar flare is going to hit in two hours. Everyone, turn your electronics off until tomorrow. Go read a book. Like interesting okay then they might it might it's only because but i don't know if that works some i read somewhere else that that doesn't work other people are saying you can so the government at the moment is there's the like apparently they, they're trying to develop instruments that can test for coronal mass ejection or cmes as the people in the business call them so the idea is they go oh look there's one come in shut everything off but i don't know whether that works or not or whether they'd actually imagine everyone like shutting their power down ready for it i bet what'll happen is it'll happen once and then everyone will go yeah we need to shut power off we'll be ready to <laughs> you know it's like it has to happen before anyone's actually going to do anything about it of course that's how humans work man we are reactionary we we don't we don't do things in what's the word in preparation we, no. you know, that, like seriously, how many people have taken off their fucking shoes when going through an airport because one motherfucker did that, brought a bomb on in their shoes once, unsuccessfully tried to light his laces on fire like a comedy bomb. Is that is that what he did? Yeah, it was it was the shoe bomb of Richard Reed. He was trying to light his laces on fire like a fuse. That's funny, but because of that, that's you know, we now like fucking hell. Right, so we're reactionary. You're absolutely right. It has to happen once for the world to go like never again. You know, but we're not going to yeah. do it in preparation for it. That's well, never going to happen. As well, like you know, everyone washes their hands more and uses hand sanitizer, and we're probably a better at like not infecting each other with illnesses than we were before it. True, but we'll forget in twenty years' time. We would have forgotten. Anyway. I mean, we've had a pandemic before. We learned all these lessons before, and we've it was, forgotten. It was, was hundred years ago, right? <laughs> 
Who's yeah. paying attention right. to history? So if you if you can't sleep at night because you're worried about a coronal mass ejection, and that's not a euphemism, <laughs> then... What the fuck would it be a euphemism for, Reese? <laughs> Ejaculation. Oh. It's pretty obvious. Is it? Okay. I'm sorry. Hold coronal on. mass ejection. What do you think I was talking about? I don't know. I don't have your Welsh dirty, filthy mind. But What other context would the word mass ejection be used as a euphemism? I don't know, like a springboard bed to launch you out of your <laughs> your bedroom in the morning to get, I don't know. Use your mind, use your imagination. I think, um, yeah, so my, my worry is, and this is the thing that no, I've never heard anyone talk about this thing really. Okay. Yes, nobody and cares, it's happened. Man. It happened in 1989. It happened in 1921. It also happened in 1859. And if the 18, I'd be very excited went, to tell you the truth. I'd be really excited if it happened. Well, if we lost all electronics, that'd be so cool. It'd be a it'd be a mini apocalypse. Come on, it's like a, mi- a mini one. Never existed. Everything would be wiped out. Oh, that would that'd be kind of. Would it actually erase hard drives? I don't know. Well, if if I if I were all our episodes are just digitally stored and it destroys globally or like wipes out all data. Well, I mean, that's different. No, yeah, I don't know. Do you think that'll be the cassettes we did? I mean, like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it destroys hard drives or not. I'm hoping it wouldn't destroy hard drives. It's like an an electromagnetic pulse, which you see in like movies that take power out and stuff. I mean, like, I'm a video editor, so I'd be useless during the apocalypse, but it'd still be fun. You know, a little mini apocalypse. You'd have to be a traveling minstrel and tell stories instead. Oh, you know, I'd act be good at that. Yourself instead of being, I'd be good at that. You yeah. just wander from town to town with a lute. Just I'd have to learn a lute. I could do that. Playing, telling stories of heroes and warriors and villains. That's a great idea. Thanks, Reese. I'm all set now. <laughs> and they'll pay you with food. Oh, um, because they're the banking system would be fucked. Yeah, so they go, yeah, Jesse, thank you for keeping us entertained tonight. Um, the next village is three miles that way. You can get there before nightfall if you leave now. And here's an apple. I love this idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of hoping for more than an apple, but just I'll like, take it. So that's the future for podcasters if this happens. You just get podcasters walking from village to village having conversations for food. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just thinking anyway. like people, same thing like with TikTokers who are making a living you know, if TikTok suddenly went away, like in this apoc- mini apocalyptic setting, like what would they do? Just stand on the street course shouting like, hey, who wants to watch me eat this shoe? Give me two. I'll, I'll, t- I'll do it for a piece of sandwich. You know, like just because that's what they're doing on TikTok, right? Like they have no actual marketable skills other than being <laughs> just be ridiculous. Dancing. Just dancing. Just dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then you'll, you'll walk down the street and you'll see um, someone like crying, just wearing rags and they look really amazing and he's like who's that guy and he he used to be one of the world's foremost seo experts (laughs) (laughs) right yeah i'm looking so i'm looking forward to this i I, I don't want to boast but i'm i'm pretty good at chopping wood i'm pretty good at slicing straight through like big logs with one blow so i think i'll be okay i'll come in and stay with you i'll stay in your you can watch me So yeah, um, if you if you uh, what would you do if we lost all electricity and you had to reinvent your entire career and mm. LinkedIn wasn't there to help you? Send us a speakpipe. Canadian politics is boring. dot com forward slash no speakpipe. dot com forward slash Canadian politics is boring. While you still can, yeah. No LinkedIn. Be- no Facebook. No speakpipe. 
no speak pipe. No, you got to hurry up and send that. Send us a speak pipe. Listen to the rest of our episodes while you can. If you're a prepper, if you're a Canadian prepper, uh, and you've got a bunker and you're all ready for this, this mini apocalypse send, I really want to hear from you. I think that'd be amazing. Yeah, so. and remember, Google the Carrington event. That's the one that happened that would be devastating to modern life now. The Karen um, event? Carrington. Carrington. C-A-R-I-N-G-T-O-N. Oh, was that, the, was that the 19... When did that happen? 1859. Yeah. So if you're interested in this topic, it's terrifying. But, you know. <laughs> um, and then also, if you are, if you enjoy this show, and you would like to hear more, we have a bunch of episodes, dozens of episodes now that exist behind the paywall. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash Canadian politics is boring, you want to support the show and actually get access to a bunch of episodes you've never heard, then um, do it. Do it. Just do it. Do it. Um, That's yeah. it. That's our, cool. That's our pitch. <laughs> yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. And, Thanks for, um, I, yeah. Don't, there's a British TV show called um, Crime Watch, and all they do is reconstructions of crimes in the hope that people can like find more information. So they like reconstruct like somebody robbing like a corner shop or something. And um, and at That's the end, cool. the at the at the end, the, the presenter always goes, "Thank you for watching. Don't have nightmares." Oh, um, okay. I feel like I feel like we do that. Need to do that. Don't have nightmares about a post-apocalyptic future where you'd have to live off squirrels, just That'd eating raw fun. squirrels. Are you kidding me? I'd have so much fun. I say Elvis used to eat squirrels when he was a kid. Elvis? Yeah, and look how well he did. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, Dying bye everybody. I, Love you all. on the toilet in his 40s. There we go. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>